0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Hey there, and welcome to yet another Lynn Cullen Still Alive. It is December 28th. And this godforsaken year is almost done, 23 days until Donald Trump is no longer president. And it's been four days since I had an opportunity to talk to you. And I was sitting here thinking, uh, what happened in those four days? And then my mind just started to reel with everything that, in fact, has happened since last we spoke And it is, I mean, uh, uh, a lot of it has to do, of course, a lot of it has to do with this dual scourge of Donald Trump's presidency and the pandemic. And it's just endless what goes on in a normal day these days.
0: And we forget
1: what we've been through. I mean, we feel it. It's in our bones now, in our psyches. But we forget, which is why I was so thrilled to see that Dave Barry, the author and humorist, uh, wrote a compilation of this year uh, for the Washington Post magazine. Uh, a year in review, which normally I rant and rave about end of year reviews and uh, top ten lists and all that kind of stuff. It drives me crazy, but uh, this thing was endless. I, I kept reading and reading and reading, and and I forgot. So much of what we endured in this year, uh, as, as he says in the in the preface, I mean, this was a year, guys, of non-stop awfulness. A year when we, not me, because I've learned not to, a year when we kept saying
0: it couldn't possibly get any worse, and then, it, of course, it always did. So he does it month by month, and you know starting you know in January, we forget we're 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 still uh, uh impeachment impeachment, and maybe a little bit of news that uh
1: somebody in Wuhan, China had died of some strange illness,
0: right? And then my god, February and
1: we had the 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 upcoming election in November and so remember all of that, that was this year. All those debates. Wondering who the heck was going to uh, come out of that scrum of of Democrats, and would it be the person who could, in fact, beat this guy? Um, The total meltdown of the Iowa caucuses, I completely forgot about that. Murder hornets. I forgot about that. But, as Dave Barry said, any normal year murder hornets would have been like
0: the biggest story. It was just a little one day kind of a thing. So, he, and it's true, as February ended, it was, uh,
1: we were still oblivious and thinking that this was just going to be an uh, exhausting year because of the election and uh, you know very consequential year because of the election. And then came March. And what he does in his in his year in review as he takes, even though every other month has its own, has its own little chapter, he takes March and April and puts them together because they were just a horrific period of time, which he calls Marprol. And he talks about it starting, you know, and it's true. Remember, March started out with, as he said, Um, the Democrats desperately trying to find an alternative to a 132-year-old white guy, Bernie Sanders. And so they seem to be settling on a 132-year-old white guy named Joe Biden. Um, And that
0: is where we were. And then, yeah.
1: And what he does in this, I'm going to try to read this to you. And I don't know if I can. But what he does is he then talks in a breathless, non-punctuated manner, trying to explain this combination month of March and April that that we lived, when everything we knew was thrown out and we found ourselves in an entirely different world so I'm going to try to read it as he wrote it and as I said there are no punctuation marks so God help me here we go and then sprinkled in amid all the political coverage, we begin to see reports that this coronavirus thing might be worse than we have been led to believe, although at first, the authorities still seem to be saying that it's basically the flu, and there's no reason to panic, but all of a sudden, there seems to be no hand hand sanitizer for sale anywhere, which makes some sense, although there is also no toilet paper, as if people are planning to be pooping for weeks on end, ha! And then we learn that Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks has the virus, and now they're saying it's a lot worse than the flu. And we need to wash our hands and not touch our faces and maintain a social distance of six feet and use an abundance of caution to flatten the curve, whatever that means. But they're also saying we don't need face masks. No, scratch that now. They're saying we do need face masks, but nobody has any face masks. But hey, here's a funny meme about toilet paper, but oh my God, look at these statistical disease models. We're all going to die. But Trump says maybe this hydroxy something other medicine will work. No, it won't work. Yes, it will work. No, it won't. And now there's saying there won't be enough ventilators or hospital beds or PPE and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks are saying everybody has to shelter at home or else we are all definitely going to die. Hey, here's another funny toilet paper meme, but seriously, what is PPE and is that any different from PPP and where will we get the ventilators and there won't be enough hospital beds and there's still no hand sanitizer and I keep touching my face and they just canceled the NBA. Can they even do that? Wait, now they canceled all the sports and closed all the schools, the colleges, the stores, the restaurants, the bars, the theaters, the hair salons, the parks, the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. And now they're saying we need to stay at home for how for how long? What about the toilet paper? I can't stop touching my damn face. Are you seriously telling me all this is because somebody ate a freaking bat? Maybe Amazon has toilet paper. Oh my God, they're sold out too. What is the deal with the toilet paper? Not another Zoom meeting. No, I'm so tired of shouting at people in little boxes. Maybe I should take a shower, but what's the point? Hey, here's a bunch more funny memes. Oh my God, look at the stock market, the price of oil. Maybe I'll just take a peek at my 401 Oh no, what are people doing with all this toilet paper? And how long do we have to keep being abundantly cautious? What did Mr. Trump say, what did Trump say about the ventilators? And what did Dr. Brooks and Dr. Brown say about what Trump said about the ventilators? And what did Trump say about what they said, about what he said, about the ventilators, ventilators? ventilators look at these models we are still going to die but we do really want to go on living in a world but do we really want to go on living in a world where there's no toilet paper and every single TV commercial sounds like as we navigate these difficult times together the National Association of folding chair manufacturers want you to know that we are committed to running these TV commercials with a somber narrator voice telling you how committed we are and why would somebody eat a damn bat these memes are getting old. Hey, do you think that Carol Baskin woman actually fed her husband to a tiger? Maybe we should order pizza tonight. Wait, I think we had pizza last night. Are you sure it's Tuesday? Because it feels more like Thursday. No, please, God, not another freaking Zoom meeting. Stop already with the memes. If the tiger ate her husband, shouldn't there be a skeleton somewhere? Are we flattening the curve yet, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks? Because we're in a recession. No, wait, maybe it's a depression. Look at the unemployment numbers. We are never going to recover from this if the virus doesn't kill us all. We're going to starve to death we need more money from the government we need billions no we need trillions no we need more trillions where is the money coming from we have to open up the economy but if we do we will all die hey i found some toilet paper oh no it's one ply which is basically the same as using your bare hands thank god i also found some hand sanitizer and speaking of good news Bernie Sanders is endorsing Joe Biden. So apparently they're both still alive. If I see one more meme, I'm gonna puke in my face mask. I'm afraid to get on the scale. My thighs are basically two armadillo-sized wads of pizza dough. Hey, Dr. Birx, Dr. Fauci, when will we have a vaccine? When will we have herd immunity? When can we go outside? When can we go back to work? What is the new normal? Good Lord, what did Trump say about disinfectants? Don't inject Clorox, you idiots. What about the food chain? What about reinfection? What about the second wave? Hey,
0: they're showing the NFL draft and Georgia opening the tattoo parlors and holy crap, now it's May. Whew. Uh, let me wipe off my computer screen. I was spitting. Oh, I think that sort of summed it up pretty well. Don't you? Oh. God, I was
1: sitting here having a daydream about how, you know, we should all, I'm usually against, you know, and everybody gets a star for being so good. We all deserve a, yeah, a plaque. And then I thought, well, in this day and age, so we all should be, you know, wearing t-shirts not to get ahead of ourselves because it's still, you know, I survived 2020. And then I had this picture because this is where my head goes now. I thought oh, I'll be wearing I Survived 2020 shirts, and then
0: I thought of some poor soul wearing an I Survived 2020 t-shirt lying in the ICU. But that's where my head goes. Oh, so. I can't even really
1: begin to imagine where where we're all going to be in a year or so. I hope we're alive. I really do. So surely now, with, as I said, 23 days left of Trump as president, uh, Surely now, even some some of his
0: supporters must be sort of scratching their heads about how with
1: what we're saying as many as, let me get this, the CDC's new projections, a possible, and it, it certainly looks with all the idiot travelers, um, this uh this christmas the latest uh projections from the CDC indicate that um there'll be about 400,000 Americans dead
0: by the time Trump leaves office and and if his government if he had responded in a normal, coherent fashion, as did other leaders in almost
1: every other country.
0: The people who crunch
1: numbers and stuff figure that two-thirds of the people who will have died when he leaves office would still be with us. And if my God, if if he had been as on top of it as Japan was, do you know almost 98% of the
0: people who are dead would still be alive? Because it's easy to forget. It didn't have to be this way, with leadership, with presidential leadership, people would still be
1: alive. And that's just not enough for this guy. He's killed
0: all these people. And then he refuses to sign the relief bill. Too busy, I guess, golfing. Well, people... Even the Republicans are begging him, sign it, sign it, sign it.
1: And he won't. He waits until last night. But you know what? Because he waited till last night, two of the critical unemployment programs were allowed to lapse. And that means that millions upon millions of already struggling, hungry Americans
0: are going to wait another week at least for some help. Because unemployment benefits are processed weekly,
1: and the legislation was not signed by the golfer before the beginning of the week, it is likely that workers in most states are going to lose a week of benefits. And we're not talking about a lot of money
0: for each person, but we're talking about money that they desperately need.
1: And it also delays the six hundred dollars that'll be coming to people. It would have been already out in the mail, and now, of course, it isn't. But what does he? He? I mean, well.
0: And then the pardons! His pardons! Dear God in heaven! Dear God in heaven! What a vengeful, small-minded little. S-O-B he is. What a flagrant crook. Just in case we
1: hadn't gotten it, he's sure making it clear on his way out. God almighty. Kurt sent me something funny about the pardons, as if anything is funny about the pardons, but this was. Ivanka's children are probably the only Americans to ever have one grandpa pardoned by the other grandpa. And I got a feeling that that is true. I know it's true up until now. But what I'm thinking is, it'll probably be true for all time. Ivanka's kids are the only ones who had one of their grandfathers pardon the other grandfather, both grandfathers being about as repulsive
0: as one could conjure. And then, of course, since last, there was Nashville. Nashville
1: which was the oddest thing as we learned about it. So happy, nobody died except the perpetrator. But, I mean, nobody died because of the perpetrator in large part because the perpetrator warned people, played that warning. So, I mean, I was thinking, who would be, what is this? This is like a kind terrorist who it I don't quite, I don't quite get it. <laughs> Somebody wanting to announce his power, go out in a blaze of glory, but uh, really didn't want to hurt anybody else? Or will it turn out that he did have, there was a reason? Because they're not calling this domestic terror. And the reason they won't call this guy a domestic terrorist, even though he terrorized an entire city and did horrible damage, right? He is not a domestic terrorist um, because they aren't aware of any ideology, ideology, I never know how to pronounce those words, any ideology that he was promoting by his action. And apparently, I don't know who makes this definition. It's not Webster's. It's probably the, you know, it's the intelligence community. They've decided that you're not a terrorist if they can't ascertain
0: an ideological reason for your terroristic act. But to say it's not a terroristic act is absurd. It terrorized people. Wow! Jeez! Silly, stupid! Give me a break! Oh man! Thank you, Gigi. Gigi, like my breathless Dave Barry thing.
1: What's funny is my brother sent me the Dave Berry piece. I had already seen it, but he sent it to me, and he said morosely. Even Dave Barry isn't funny anymore. So he read the whole thing and he didn't laugh. And I I wrote him back and said, it's not that Dave Barry isn't funny. It's that there's nothing really funny about 2020. Sorry. This was a year of such extraordinary loss. I mean, loss
0: in so many ways. Loss of human companionship.
1: Loss of the freedom to live our lives as we had lived them.
0: Loss of loved ones. Loss of trust in our institutions.
1: Loss of, well, as the New York Times yesterday uh, did a front page piece which they headlined eulogizing the landmarks we lost this year.
0: And do you know what their first one was? I'll just read, I'll read it to you. I'm sorry I'm reading you so much, but this is wonderful.
1: The warnings about the fries were as legendary as the fries themselves. The large is huge. Order it with friends. Seriously, you can't eat it by yourself. The original hot dog shop had hot dog right there in the name, but it was the fries. Perfectly cut, fried twice in peanut oil to extra crispness, served in a massive pile in a paper basket with side cups of beef gravy or cheese product. It was the fries. No one actually called it by its full name, maybe the original, but it was usually just the O, or, especially among my high school friends and the University of Pittsburgh students in the city's Oakland neighborhood, the Dirty O. The place was a favorite of Michael Chabin, a Pitt grad whose first two novels are set in the city. In his memories, he told me, It's 2 a.m., and I've been hanging out with friends and drinking, and we're all stumbling through Oakland, which is completely dark, and nothing's open except this one shining beacon, the O. Decades later, Chabin says he can still hear the chirping video games and picture the late-night security guard glowering at the diverse cross-section of Pittsburgh. In my memory, Chabin says, it's always freezing cold outside and really hot inside. And this sort of miasma of grease from the frying baskets is just hanging over everything. The Pitt Student newspaper reported that when the O closed in April, the owners served up one more giant order of fries, donating 35,000 pounds of potatoes to charity so in this two-page thing where they show these iconic places in various cities that also were lost in the pandemic uh obviously these are eateries because you know restaurants having to close but the yo was number one
0: there and that piece by the way was written by a guy named scott dodd <clears throat> yeah. uh Boston
1: uh apparently had a place not unlike it uh which also went down called the Can Tab Lounge and I'll just give you this quick little thing from it. The Can Tab took only cash. The bar was always sticky and you wouldn't want to use the bathroom. In a nineteen ninety six Senate debate, the Republican candidate held up the held up the canfab as an argument against public assistance, saying, "They get the check, go down to the contab in the morning and drink it away Republicans, you gotta love them right, right, even Then, 1996, that's what Republicans, they were against helping people because they just drink it away. What a bunch of sons of bitches. Anyway, and one last thing about that place. Ben Affleck's father used to work there serving Budweiser's to off-duty postal
0: workers. Just sharing that with you. Oh, dear God.
1: I was um jeez a uh, just quick football thing <laughs> jeez. um as if 2020 wasn't hard enough that game the Steeler game yesterday took years off of a lot of people's lives right i can i mean seriously did um, and then you know cuz i have two teams i love i had to then watch the green bay packers uh in the night game played in a raging snowstorm, which was wonderful. God, wonderful. But I was reading in I don't know where, somewhere today, about uh the the Packer game and Aaron Rodgers, another amazing performance from him, four touchdowns, yada yada yada. And it turns out, and I don't know why in the game I didn't hear this, but looking at this player's name, I doubt that anything is gonna make me laugh more uh, today what a name listen to this it says rogers other touchdown pass went to wide receiver equanimous saint brown what
0: his name is equanimous is that not and then and, and saint brown
1: jeez what a name and I, I, I guess I'd I never heard it before. I just have to say, Equanimous Saint Brown God,
0: what a moniker! What an amazing moniker. <sighs> and went under the little football note as long as we're
1: talking about it.
0: again, I guess this is New York Times did a crunch some numbers and uh,
1: tried to see how well that so-called Rooney rule is working in the NFL. The Rooney rule, you know, named after Dan. Um, And uh, the Rooney rule in an effort to
0: make... The coaching staffs of the NFL look more like
1: America. Uh, The rule said that each, if a team was looking for a coach, they had to interview. I mean, I never thought it's a big deal. They had to interview at least one non-white candidate. They didn't have to give them the job. They just had to interview. And because that is as weak a kind of rule, as you can imagine, it's done absolutely
0: uh, nothing. Nothing. And of all the, you know, Major League
1: Baseball, the uh, NBA, soccer, the WNBA, NFL, all of those sports organizations, none have
0: a more abysmal record than the NFL. The
1: NFL has the biggest discrepancy between the percentage of head coaches and the percentage of players who are non-white. It shouldn't surprise you that the majority of players in the NFL are black. 74%
0: of them. You know how many coaches are? 13%. And it's, it's just
1: black coaches, it is so hard to become a black head coach. It is a joke. And when they're hired, they're hired at an older age with much more playing experience than white coaches. And they don't get the second chances that white coaches get. White coaches lose jobs left, right, and center and get picked up by another team.
0: And then get fired and get picked up by another team. Black coaches, not so much.
1: So it was just a a depressing little bit that I happened upon. Um, Lest we forget the other big story of 2020, the George Floyd death, the Black Lives Matter movement. That was all part of what
0: we experienced. It was a real wake up for an awful lot
1: of folks, including me. Equanimous St
0: Brown, jeez, that is just the greatest oh. Jim writes as a four decade long
1: employee at Pitt, I often ate at the dirty o jeez, and you're still you're still alive, good for you. I had a friend who worked there years ago and went down in the basement to get a box of breadcrumbs. He saw a hole in the box. (laughs) Yeah, right. And when he investigated it, he found the skeleton of a mouse in it. Needless to say, he quit that day? Well, I don't know. Sure. I ate there once. That was it. That was enough for me once. The same for Primantes once. I go back to the O before I go back to Primantes. Yeah, sorry, I know this is like speaking um, heresy uh, here, but that's what I would say. Um, Susan wants to know if I caught Saturday. I never watch Saturday Night Live. I just don't find it funny anymore. You know, I figure something really funny happens, I'll see it, you know, it'll be out there on the internet. But uh, she says it was a rerun with Adele as host. One skit was four friends visiting a fortune teller at the end of 2019, wanting to know the future. One person was told that he was going to be cut from the group for an unspeakable crime of dining indoors at a restaurant. (laughs) It's been an unbelievable year. Yeah,
0: it is true. Well, let's see. Remember, I I think it was some
1: time ago we talked about, can you sum up this year in six words? And I forget. Some people really did a good job of it, not me. Um, But they asked kids, and here's some ones that kids came up with that I think are cute. A kid named Liam Chapman, 10 years old in Columbus, wrote this. What? He learned or described his life in six words in 2020. Be cat-like. Nap, eat, avoid humans. That is two, two, not 10 years old. Here's more 10 years old, and I love it. This is Sadie McMahon, 10. I love and hate my family. <laughs> and this is from Teo Kahn, eleven, also Ohio. Great parents aren't always great teachers. I'm sure that's been I'm sure that's been the uh, experience of uh, of a lot of kids. A lot of kids. Oh so so what? Um, I haven't read this whole article but I because it was long and I just flagged uh midway. But I just wanna again, sorry, just read you this paragraph. Um it is uh from the Atlantic and it's a uh, marvelous, marvelous uh writer George Packer. And and he uh, wrote a, as I said, a long piece. Um I think it's titled uh The Legacy. Trump leaves us or something. It's Trump's legacy. And, you know, it's like, who wants to go there? I mean, I I don't even want to think about it, but I thought this summed it up pretty well. Just one of of the aspects of the legacy that is, in fact, to me, the most damaging and the most, I don't know how you put it to right, again. He talks about you know Trump lost the election and how he refused to acknowledge it in fact said that it had been stolen from him and then all the lawsuits and all of that and and then <clears throat> and then um I'll just get to Packer here and and again this is we lived this and it's still in fact happening
0: but uh, damn it we won't know for a long time. George Packer.
1: <clears throat> Within a week of election day, false claims of voter fraud in swing states had received almost 5 million mentions in the media, the press and social media. In one poll, 70%, 70% of Republican
0: voters agreed that the election had not been free or fair.
1: So a stab in the back narrative was buried in the minds of millions of Americans, where it burns away as imperishable as a carbon isotope, consuming whatever is left of their trust in democratic institutions and values.
0: This narrative, this false narrative, will widen the gap
1: between Trump supporters and
0: others who might live in the same town, but a different universe. And that
1: Was always Trump's purpose to keep us locked in a mental prison where reality was unknowable so that he could go on wielding power,
0: whether in or out of office, including the power to destroy.
1: Well, that is in fact what he has. used his extraordinary powers uh,
0: for in the last four years, the power to destroy, to destroy lives,
1: to destroy Americans' trust in almost any institution you can think of, from
0: sports. From sports, remember? He politicized the NFL. He politicized the NBA.
1: He politicized music. He politicized everything that used to bring America together. And all he could do was divide
0: and divide and divide and divide and divide. God Almighty. Well, Father Joseph, what are we going to do with you,
1: Father Joseph, you inveterate optimist? You inveterate. My glass is half full. (laughs) Guess that's what faith does for you, right? All right. I'll read it. I'll read it. On the other hand, Father Joseph says. The House of Representatives showed courage and impeached the president. Several governors of both parties displayed leadership in making tough calls by locking down their jurisdictions. Multiracial awareness and action addressing the importance of black to black lives occurred. These are, he's made a list of all the good stuff that happened. Athletes refusing to be silenced about social issues and compelling support of social and betterment efforts by the NFL, NBA, WNBA, even NASCAR. And don't forget the change in mascot names by some teams. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I refuse to give the NFL any credit. Everything they do is cynical and and aimed at... uh, you know, quieting uh, maybe a restive player's union or appearing to be on the right side, but remember what I said about the Rooney rule. It's just bull.
0: I'm sorry. I'm back to um, interrupting your, what you want to (sighs) say. He's not done. (laughs) The
1: demythologization. okay, of the lost cause confederacy, including the removal of statues. Uh, States facilitating voting by mail for the November election. Swing states all standing by their voting results. Citizens rediscovering the power of their vote. All this stuff, I'm in agreement with you. This was one of the, yeah, one of the wonderful things that happened. Democracy, as designed by the founding fathers, survived an onslaught on our institutions see I think you're you're too you're too quick
0: there. I don't think we know if we've survived. It appears
1: we have, but these are just battles right I don't know that we've the war is still going on and i don't know parents newfound appreciation for teachers well there's something and let's hope that means more support for education in the future the results of the presidential election that was a good thing and oh you're sweet lynn cullen keeping us on our toes well <clears throat> thank you hey uh speaking of uh of let us hope that this means more support for educators in the future. I just gotta tell you um <laughs> again, this is the pessimist speaking A pessimist who usually has a just a bushel full of facts to buttress my my jaundiced view um today's uh New York Times actually, it was a front page article that went well into two pages,
0: Um, focuses on Indiana University of Pennsylvania, IUP.
1: Uh, It's a, a campus probably many of us know. I know I spoke there once. Wonderful little campus. It's a place that did what it was intended to do for many, many years, which was offer young people who didn't have a lot of resources, the potential for getting a college degree and consequently raising their, their level of, um,
0: of income in their in their lives. The headline on this piece
1: is, the virus was the latest blow to colleges offering a path to the middle class. And they focus on one student, very poor, from a very poor family, she would be the first to graduate. This is what the students at places like IUP often are.
0: And they do a piece that just makes you want to scream
1: about what happened there during the pandemic. Speaking of loss, say goodbye to the journalism department. It's gone. Say goodbye to, I'm not sure, they don't even name the other departments. There's like five or six departments that just disappeared
0: overnight. In fact, the young student that they focus on was in journalism and her departments disappeared on her the article points out that because
1: Pennsylvania has a republican led has a republican led legislature and often even executive
0: it spent the last 10 20 years
1: clawing back support monetary support for education in the state which is as which is as short-sighted stupid and mean-spirited
0: as well one can expect from republicans The reality is, is
1: that in 2020, a student in Pennsylvania gets 34% less money spent on them than they did in
0: 2008, 34% less, and this comes as
1: Pennsylvania and other states Rely on these smaller
0: regional public schools as economic drivers. IUP is
1: the largest employer in Indiana, PA, and that is true of so many
0: of these campuses. 60% of jobs in Pennsylvania require some post-secondary education. But only 47% of Pennsylvanians have that. And they are given no help.
1: And they talk about the stupid things that a small place like IUP made when money seemed to be you know, right before the 2008 recession, they were feeling like, hey, things are going
0: really great. They bought 90 Steinway pianos for $2.6 million. I'm willing
1: to bet they've closed the School of Music, too, now. 2.6 mil, And then they spent an unbelievable amount of money, $250 million on
0: suite-style dormitories, which were all the rage. Let me tell you what that means.
1: That means that a student who used to go to IUP
0: and had to... Fork over, let's say, close after they built the fancy things, it was
1: $4,000. So they spent all this money on crap that had nothing to do with education, and that made the cost to the pupil. Keep rising and rising and rising. And the burden of supporting the state system shifted from the state to the individual student. In the 1980s, Pennsylvania, get this through your heads and understand what young people, when you see young people, anyone under the age of actually 30 or 40, what they have had, the environment they have come of age in, the parsimonious, cruel, Republican, nasty
0: system they've come up in or haven't come up because they're just being pushed down. In the
1: 1980s, Pennsylvania paid 75% of a student's
0: financial burden through all kinds of ways that has been flipped totally so that now a student has to pay 75% the state only 25 IUP it says here for a student who
1: Doesn't have much money, and that is a whole bunch of them. If they go for the least expensive living situation, the least expensive meal plan, the least expensive anything that IUP offers,
0: last year it's still over $21,000. Which means, of course, they're borrowing it. They don't have it. Their parents don't have it. Which means even if they do get through, they're going to have six-figure debt to pay off. I don't know, guys. As I have been saying, because it's something I've just really realized is so true. We are a cruel, I'm sorry, we are a cruel country. We elect cruel. If we elect Republicans, we're electing
1: cruel. And I, I, there's no other way to say it because they step on the necks
0: of the needy. And they shake down the poor to give it to the filthy, filthy rich. That's what Republicans do. The cruelty of it. The immorality of it, the inhumanity of it, is breathtaking. Uh, Do I have a caller? I'm sorry. I haven't been looking.
1: Forgive me. I've been on a,
0: is there a caller still there?
2: Hi, Lynn. It's David. Good morning.
0: Hey. Hi. How
2: are you? Real good, thanks. Hey, thanks for getting my motor started this morning. (laughs) Man, that that was good. That was – you hit it right on the head. (laughs) The rant rant was perfect. I'll tell you what. It's just what I needed. Good. uh, I'm glad. Hey, the Corbett guy, you know, he's he's the one that – that sh- tried to shut down everything, take all the money away, uh, libraries, schools, yeah, you know, the, the places of of learning that where you you'd think that people would uh, get to know better, and just get rid of those places. And yeah, why, you know why why provide the tool to um, go forward?
1: You know, it's, it's it's the thing though that just drives me crazy is, don't they see again the short sightedness of it? The fact that depriving people rather than giving them a leg up is ends up hurting all of us. Why don't they? Why are they incapable of seeing something so
2: simple? Well, Instead of shutting down these places, he should have just simply allowed for a minimal taxation on the uh, fracking. That would have paid for everything.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: I mean, it, 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 and his buddies, you know, oh, we we don't want to pay anything into your state. Why why should we do that? Let's take the money and run.
1: You know, what's amazing about that? They so they wouldn't tax the oil companies, just let them have at us. But even Republican strongholds like Texas and Oklahoma, they taxed them.
2: Yep, all along.
0: God.
2: You, know, you got that right. This is uh, easy money. Easy money. Yep, yep. Low low hanging fruit. And yeah. uh, and that's what we are. To to how many, how, how many different groups like this, you know. The frackers, mm. you know, I mean it, it it make the list.
0: It's yeah.
2: It's remarkable that they take us for suckers. Trump sure didn't.
1: Yeah. Well, the people who aren't suckers did prevail in the election, but the number of suckers is terrifying.
2: It's remarkable how many people people came out for it. Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah. Hey. Hey,
2: keep your snowies handy. I'll tell you what, two big ones so far. We're going to – it's going (laughs) to get – I think it's going to be a deep winter.
1: It seems to be, huh? Yeah, I love it. I love snow.
2: I ran that snowys right down the middle of my driveway, cut out two pathways. I was good to go.
1: <laughs> you know, I, you know, I had this back surgery. I'm sure I'm not supposed to, but I did get my thought. It's a snowys. I don't have to lift. I just yeah. have to push. Exactly. And so, since I've been, I push. I can push. They didn't say don't push. Um, they said don't lift, don't bend. So I went out with my snowys on the first one. Um, early on in it, you know, because you had to do it more than once, because the snowies yep. is good for no more than like four inches, right, at a time. Yep,
2: that's right, not too. Early. Right.
1: So I went out with my snowies and I was just having a ball, and it was not in any way exerting myself. And some woman came by, and said, "Wow, that is the neatest thing. Where do you get one?" <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." they're gone
2: go online maybe see something like that
1: i don't know i don't know i don't know i actually tried to start up see if i could you know figure out how to manufacture them and me and um it's too it's just too much it's too expensive you can't find that quality of plastic you have to end up in china you know it's that whole you find out the trouble of putting something on the market.
2: Well, it's relatively a high grade product. I mean, the plastic is is not going anywhere. It's solid. No. It's yeah. you know, it's quarter inch and uh and the metal frame. It's it, it could last forever. Last longer than us, huh?
1: <laughs> well, I got two of them and they're still both totally operative. Yep. And I'm hanging on to both of them. I know that seems awful, but maybe someday I'll give one away.
2: Hey, you know, people that need it, they, 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 if you can't get one, you know, we're, we're the treasure chest here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, nice talking to you. Yeah. Anyway, likewise. Happy, have, have okay. good 2021. 20, we'll
1: see you. You too. Bye bye. Okay, we got to end this one on time, guys. Uh, there's an appointment to get to, but I just we're gonna let Tony have the last word because he's got an email here I haven't shared. I didn't go to the original hot dog too often, but every once in a while I get a craving for a hot dog. I love the dog with steamed cheese and onions. That's cheese product, <laughs> steamed cheese and onions or chili and onions. The fries were great, but the portion was too big for one person. Yeah. I thought they would always be there. I don't think they closed because of the pandemic. They were going to close anyway. I will miss them. You would think the family would have sold the business to someone else. I don't know all the details. As far as permantes, I never had one until about a couple of years ago. My brother ordered a corned beef, and I ordered the pittsburger, which I think is the original sandwich. I should have ordered the corned beef. <laughs> okay, you. All right, um I guess that's it for today. Susan will be joining us tomorrow. And uh Sally Wigan making a return appearance uh for the last show of the year on uh on Wednesday. Oh guys, twenty twenty total low.
0: Stay well, stay safe. We gotta survive. Okay. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10am to 11am and archived at pghcitypaper.com The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.